0: So, I think that I'm a fairly intelligent person. I graduated college in three years. I have a master's degree, a doctor's degree. And yet, when it comes to directions, I am not smarter than a fifth grader. I will have to admit, I am directionally challenged, you might say. Back in the day, before there was GPS on our phones... Uh, My good wife, Sharon, would send me out occasionally to do an errand, and she would give me directions, and she would write them out in great detail, and she would highlight in yellow marker exactly the route. And yet, I could still get lost. I would get lost when I visited members of the church, unless it was exactly written out for me. Now, I don't have that problem anymore, because not only is there GPS... But all I have to do, if I am ever lost, is just get out my phone, call my favorite online retailer, because they know exactly where I am at all times. Right? Don't they? Of course they do. They know exactly where we are. So it's much more difficult to get physically lost today. But because I've had so much experience, I would say that I am somewhat of an expert at lost So there's four things that are in your notes here that I want to tell you about those of us who are directionally challenged. Number one, we do not get lost on purpose. I know some of you think we do. We just kind of wander around out there for a long time. We do not do that on purpose. Number two, we're lost before we know we're lost, right? There isn't a time when we say, oh, I guess if I just wouldn't have taken that turn, I wouldn't have been lost. No, it's more like, I don't know where I am, right? So we don't, we don't do it on purpose. We get lost before we know it. The third one, I don't even have to mention, but I will anyways, men go faster when we're lost. You ever notice that? There's no reason. We just do. And the last one, which is true of everyone, regardless of gender, creed, color, or IQ, we wind up where the road we are on ends up, don't we? Whatever road you are on, that is where you end up. Now, of course, we're not talking about geography today. What is obvious to driving, isn't always obvious in living. And of course, that's what we want to talk about today. Last week, we began a new series, and in that series, I told you that there is a path that we are on. It's here again in your notes. Direction, not intention, determines your destination in life. I'll say it again. Direction not intention, determines your destination. And this is true in all arenas of life. Financially, professionally, relationally, morally, spiritually. And then I made up a new word for you. marriage elite. It's true in all the elites. parenting elite grandparenting Ali Academically, all of them. It is true. The direction in which you are headed, not your good intentions, because we all have them. That determines your destination. What do we know about the road that is paved with good intentions? Where does it lead? To hell. Whether it's this life or the next, we can be ruined if we're not on the right path. And so this is the great disconnect. There is not always congruity between what we intend to do, the promises that we make, and the direction that we choose. And so a young lady has the intention of meeting and marrying a godly man she says I want to marry someone like my dad who brought us to church who taught us the Bible who gave us good morals upon which to stand a foundation upon which to build our lives I want to meet someone who has much in common with me that we can enjoy life together We're going to build this life on that rock of faith. But in the meantime, I'll go out with anyone who asks me, just as long as they're cute, right? A disconnect between intention and direction. Or the couple that says, we are going to be debt-free in five years. Or when the kids come along. But until then, well, debt is just a way of life and we'll continue to spend. A disconnect between intention and the direction that we choose. Or a wife says, I am going to spend time with my husband because I love him so much. I want us to grow old together. I want us to have this bond that is unbreakable. Uh, just as soon as the kids graduate and leave for their own life. A father says, I want our family to be together. I want it to be family-centric. I want us to be a unit. I want us to do things together, even when we don't have to be together. And then he takes every assignment out of town that he can the disconnect. And of course, there is the couple who says, I want our kids to grow up in church because I grew up in church. My wife grew up in church. We have this great foundation that we have built our lives upon. But right now we are just so busy. There are so many activities for the kids. It's summertime and there are vacations to go on and there is travel baseball and we're just so busy we'll get back to church later when we have more time and of course there is always that person who says I see all these people these pillars here at Emmanuel people of great faith and it doesn't matter what storms there are in life anything can hit them And they can weather that because they have built their life on the rock of Jesus Christ. That's how I want to be. And I will work on my faith just as soon as the bottom falls out. It always gets a little quiet about now, doesn't it? Because some of you are thinking, how did he know Well, two reasons. Someone always knows. Someone in your life has whispered to you that you need to change your direction. That there are some arenas of life where you are headed for destruction. And the other reason that I know is because even though you are a child of God, even though you are unique, even though there is no one else in the entire world exactly like you, your story isn't. (laughs) And neither is your destination. I know this because Jesus told a parable 2,000 years ago. We just heard it. He said a man had two sons. He asked the first one to go out and work in the vineyard. And the boy said, oh, I'm not going to do that. I've got things to do. i got friends coming over. We're going to play video games. Why are you always nagging me so much? But he changed his mind and he went. And then we have that second son. He said, sure, I'll go. But he didn't. Something got in the way. He procrastinated. <clears throat> he had good intentions perhaps. But he never followed through. So many of us in this life, we make promises. We have great intentions. We're going to get to the important stuff. But then we never do. So I want to ask you this question this morning. If you had just a short time to live, what changes would you make? What would you do differently if you knew you only had six months or a year? Well, the truth is, this life is incredibly short. In the whole scheme of eternity, 70 or 80 or even 90 or 100 years is just a blip on God's radar screen. And so if you want to be all that God has called you to be, if you want to do, All that you want to do. If you want to fulfill all of your dreams and desires, then you might as well start now. And don't wait for tomorrow or the next day or for someday. Change your direction. Jesus said here in our scripture reading for today, He says, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Now, I'm not necessarily calling you a tax collector or a prostitute. Or maybe I am. Think about that for a moment. But I did hear about a shoplifter (laughs) who just became a Christian and sent a letter to a department store. And he said, I have just become a Christian and I have felt a great deal of guilt. And so I am including $100 here in this letter so that I can sleep better at night. And then he signed his name at the bottom, only his first name, and he wrote, P.S., if I still can't sleep, I'll send you the rest. Can we get honest? Get honest with God about the direction your life is going. And get honest with yourself. Admit where you are headed in the wrong direction. And then Jesus has an invitation for you. It's just one word. And it's not believe. And it's not change. And it's not stop. And it's not fix it. The one word invitation is follow. Jesus says just follow me. Follow in the direction that I am going. <laughs> and you will have a better life. He says, if you follow me, all of these arenas arenas of life will improve. And as you follow me and live a better life, then you also will get better at life. Jesus offers something that no one else ever has or ever could, and it is called eternal life, the abundant life. And it's not eternal because that when you die, you go to heaven. No, it's eternal because the context changes. It's no longer this little narrow sliver from birth to death, but it is forever. And it is abundant because all of the blessings that God offers to you through Christ's death and resurrection are available even now. Follow me, Jesus says. Go in the direction that I am going in. He says that if you repent, God has the power to change your life. And here's the deal. You don't have that power. But God does. How many of you have ever flown on an airplane? Ever fly on an airplane? What's it like when you are just coming in for the landing? And you are descending from that high altitude and you are going at several hundred miles an hour. You probably don't even think about it anymore, but the very first time that I flew on a big jet, I'm, I'm like, we are all going to crash and die. But then all of a sudden, you hear the roar of the engine. Because the pilot has reversed it. If he hasn't, you would go all the way to the end of that runway and you would crash and burn. But because of that great power, the direction has changed. And so it is in your own life. God has the power through the death and the resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ, to change Everything. The path that if we were to go on would indeed, because of our intentions and not our direction, lead us straight to hell or destruction in any area of our life. God can turn that completely around. And so it is my prayer, once again, over these next several weeks, that you would examine your life, that you would be honest with God and with yourself whether it is relationally, in your marriage, with your children, whether it is professionally, in your career, to examine the changes that you need to make, whether it's academically, whether it is financially, morally, or spiritually, that you would again lean on the power of Jesus Christ to make those changes that you so desperately need to make. For finally, it is the direction, following Jesus Christ, that leads to the best destination, not only in this life, but for all of eternity. May God grant it to you, for Jesus' sake. Amen.